0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Retro Encounter. As always, I'm Josh Curry. With me is a great group, Christopher Gebauer. Yep. Peter Triesenberg. Hello. And with her debut on the podcast, Alana Higgs. Hello. So this month, we're here to talk about Nier, the sometimes forgotten but always loved Xbox 360 and PS3 game.
1: Yay. Yay. Ooh! Woo. <laughs>
0: I'm not yaying
1: that's fine you don't have to be optimistic and joyous <laughs> and all the rest of it we'll do that for you Josh,
2: Wonderful. Josh, <laughs> Josh hates everything confirmed
0: yeah I hate life um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I actually sure. had forgotten about this during our pre-show Peter was talking about how it's kind of a spin-off from the Dragon Guard games
2: which yep um, it's the same director writer uh, Yakotaro I think his name is um, and who is, I'm convinced at this point, is some kind of mad genius because everything he work, he's worked on is completely insane, but also really interesting. And near is no exception.
0: Yeah, because you were saying this is uh, basically a sequel to one of the endings, like one of the branch endings, correct? Yep,
2: in, in the very first tracking guard. Like one of the optional endings.
0: Which I always, like, I find that type of stuff really interesting. Like, you have these series that from versus perspective like died or like wasn't going well, and you have these directors that that love the source material so much, they find like these wonderfully creative ways to like spin it into a new, like new domain, like bring a new audience to it. And there's a, I'm I'm guessing, but there's enough there that fans of like that per- individual can get so much more out of it. Oh yeah, definitely. And like I. It's- it doesn't make me want to go back and play that old game, but it makes me so much happier when I'm experiencing yeah. this game.
2: Nobody needs to go back and play the first <laughs> track card. you're good. <laughs> there
0: you go. See, good, confirmed. None of us should go do it. I like it. Thank you, Peter. You're welcome. So, interesting enough, I think Peter. Or I actually, I don't think I know. Peter's the only one of us that has played this game before. Fact. Yep. So, th- this is the first time through all of us. I kind of want to hear just like initial, just like knee jerk reactions from everybody of what they thought of it. And let's start with Alana since she's has a new voice for the podcast.
3: Oh, um, oh God. Okay, right. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, a little. First impressions were this. I tell you, this game is weird. This game is definitely off the ball, kind of not what you expect. I think, well, actually, I'd not heard of it until last year. The first time I'd heard of it was probably about the time they announced the sequel, <laughs> which is a little embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, so. And then I tracked it down and was like, "Oh!" And then I realized I hadn't heard of it because it came out about the same time as another massive square RPG came out.
0: What Final
1: was
0: that? Fantasy Thirteen. Final oh. Fantasy Thirteen. Oh,
1: that little old game. That yeah, little that,
2: old that, that game. That, that that game that launched
1: that a gem million. Gem of a hidden title. Hey,
2: that, that game's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Everything. Oh. That, can, we, can we talk about like everything that came out around that time? Like Resonance of Fate came out like within the same week, and like.
0: Completely
2: yeah,
1: I got ignored. Right. I, don't I picked up Resonance of Fate instead of Nier.
0: So I know it's not necessarily you know, the same "quote unquote" genre, and but we're talking about like gems at the same time that was forgotten, and in that fall of 2010 was enslaved Odyssey to the West. Yep. Um, yep. Which, uh-huh. Yeah. Which, first of all, wonderful, wonderful game. If you, guys, if yeah, whoever's listening has not played that, it's definitely worthwhile picking up. I actually more so. I mean, we we always talk about like technicalities of is this an RPG game and like what makes an RPG. Like near falls, I don't know. It's it's a weird space, and but I got so much. Like I felt like this was in the same realm as enslaved. Like, I saw a lot of parallels. I Interesting. Know. Just and it's mainly because of the combat, and I know that. Okay. Um okay. But like I saw so much there that kind of reminded me. There's it's a. It's kind of bleak. There's not a lot there in some of the guards. Definitely when you're going through those planes. Um, and that's kind of right. a time of the PS3 and Xbox 360 era where there's the, like, the, the computing power was there, but we didn't know how to use it yet. And we we're trying to make these huge open worlds, but we didn't, like, we definitely weren't on the element of, like, being able to make something like a Dragon Age Inquisition or something, like, mm-hmm. a fully flesh world, um, or Witcher. But I, I, I kept, like, every time I played through it, I was like, oh, this, this is slaves. Like, I, Instead of little robots and finding these little wispy, fiery red things, and I, know, I saw a lot of comparisons between the two. But let's go back huh. to Alana talking about what she thought
1: <laughs> 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 before I
0: completely no. derail this.
3: That's, no, too an interjection. Something we were talking about before we started the podcast was the uh, the beginning. So. That's a really unusual beginning because it's slightly different. We were comparing it to Castlevania, the Symphony of the Night, where you get all your abilities and then you lose them. But in this one, you have to earn all of them still. So you start off fighting and you're, you're level, like, you 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 like know something's wrong when you're going up like four levels in 30 seconds. You're like, hang on a minute, this is mm-hmm. really strange. And then you get all these abilities and you feel
1: really cool. <laughs>
3: yeah, you get this like flash of being really cool, and then all of a sudden stuff happens, and yeah, yeah and okay. then it's, it's really I quite like that. I it was done differently; it wasn't just mm-hmm. like given everything. So, I, and then I
2: really, I really like it as an introduction to the story because you kind of get a feel for the main character and his like relationship with his daughter, which is kind of the driving force of the game's plot. Yeah, and. And it introduces both of the the talking books, which... Spoilers, this game is weird. There are talking books.
0: You don't have books it. that talk to you?
2: Um, I, I, I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> that, the, the, that the books on my shelf are... Speak we ...whisper to you.
0: things into my ear.
1: Especially <laughs> in the wee hours of the morning when studying, yeah.
0: So, uh, maybe I'm an idiot, but I didn't even realize it was two books until later in the story when there's. Was... Like a plot moment where they talk about two separate books. No, <laughs> okay. it's not
2: clear. It's not made clear that like there's multiple. Yeah. It, right away.
1: The subtleties of the covers are very hard to miss in that opening sequence mm-hmm. for the prologue. Like they they look almost identical, and it almost feels like it's the same book speaking to both characters. Just mm-hmm. weird. It, like it could be. I don't know. The first time I played that that prologue. Uh, I so popped this in originally years ago, very late at night, and then about two years ago, and then did not keep playing it until we decided to make it a game for retro. But first time I thought it was just the insanity of this character imagining the book on both sides of the bookshelf within that. Nope. Uh, it's, your no, it's exactly. <laughs> but that's not the case. Uh, no, but I got to say oh, that it's it's pretty special how this game did does so many elements just so many crazy things and you get introduced to just the combat in that prologue and then you flash forward and all of a sudden it's like okay and now here's everything else
0: yeah I so sounds like three people positive about the intro Well,
1: oh, yeah I, I I don't hate it it, let, it lets you get a sense of the combat and it introduces like Peter says the characters I, I, the two characters
2: and I, 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 I already pro- Sorry, I already promised I was. I, I promised I'm not going to talk any more about it. But there is plot important things in that scene.
0: Which so, before I say this, that there is a plot that's come back and it'll explain it, gives it a redeeming value. But at the point where we are right now, I think the prologue's utter garbage. Like I really, really, really do yeah, not you like, don't it. like it. I would have, if this wasn't for this podcast, I would have just taken the disc out. I wouldn't have snapped the disc. I definitely wouldn't have played the disc again. Um, <laughs> and Alana brought up, uh, Castlevania and specifically Cast uh, Symphony of the Night. The one thing I think we talked about this on our recording too, that is so wonderful about that is you have all your abilities and whatever and taken away, but you're a different character when you come back. And you as a person, like, you have that. You see the, your little daughter, like, you, you know this. You eventually get a book and it's like, why don't I already know this book? Like and then there's time skip, so you assume this is time forward, but then why do I have to learn about a book again? It is massively confusing. The gameplay is actually not very great. It it's more closer to um, a Genji game. Genji, right? It's terrible. Just hack and slash. Just like I'm yeah, gonna yeah. kill a thousand people yeah. with one which, swing of my which sword. Which makes
2: which makes which makes sense given its lineage, because Dragon Guard is a is a is a Dynasty Warriors clone. But thank yeah. you, Dynasty That
0: was what I was yeah. looking for. Which I. I'm not going to beat around the bush here. I do not like that series. I do not like that type of gameplay. I much prefer, if we're in a quote-unquote hack-and-slash, I'd like to have skill to the game. I'd like to be dodging, I'd like to be blocking, I'd like to be having combos. And, and that does become more important later on. Absolutely, here, but... and I, I think that's where it start, just doesn't start on a good foot forward. Um, mm-hmm. Because as soon as you get into the regular game, even before you get your book back, you have to dodge, you have to block, you have to be smart. And it's not completely necessary, but that is an element of the game, and it's just kind of hidden there in that prologue, because so you just sit there in a corner and you just mash away.
2: So you don't do what I do, which is like ch- chug healing items every time you get hit, and just forget about dodging and blocking and generally playing well. I, so I play that I I try to never have to use
0: a healing item yeah. ever.
2: And I'll admit this straight up. I'm terrible at action games. I like real time, real time combat games, but I generally am not very good at them. Which is why, like, I will never be able to to beat the Souls games. Like, I've already resigned myself to the fact that I'll never be able to beat Dark Souls. Mm. And it's like, and it's like, in in with in the case of Nier, it's like, well, this is not a particularly challenging game, but it still requires, after a, a certain point, like enemies will hey, you have like half your health bar unless right. you're blocking or dodging. And I'm just right. like, well, I've got this store of healing items I can use. And that yeah. tends to be how I play. It's not the most skillful way, but it's it works.
0: That's the only my only initial concern with the game. Once I got past that prologue, whatever, we'll ignore that for now. And you get into the actual gameplay and you start to see, oh, I'm going to have this sword. I'm going to have to move around. And that's where Enslaved kind of comes to my mind. Uh, to a lesser extent, obviously something like Devil May Cry or a god of war, like that type of gameplay is like immediately like my, like a switch in my brain turns on. And that's how I'm going to play this game. Um, right. and so for me, then I, I don't want to use those healing items. I want to be going through and having as good of a com, quote unquote combo or like dodging and whatnot. I want to hit that perfectly. And so I was much happier when I got out of that prologue because that was the type of game it started moving more towards.
2: Uh, Fair enough.
0: Yeah. The, the, that's where it just like the, Beyond the wackiness, which is actually kind of interesting, it just, it didn't, it made zero sense. Sure. Uh, At least you guys did. Um, Well, yeah,
1: I I just, I just feel like it, it serves its purpose. It introduces the core mechanics, even though very quickly, and you're just kind of testing out the different powers if you want to. And then it, it hints to the story and then kind of, you know, pulls the rug out by doing the time skip and then seeing the same characters again.
0: See, I would argue it's a terrible tutorial, because why then do I have to, immediately after that, go through the tutorials when I am no longer there? Why am I getting loot tutorials from killing enemies on how to do stuff? Why am I having yeah. to go to a tutorial on a menu to be able to watch something? Like,
1: that is a separate problem.
0: Yeah, so if, if you're going to have a section that is there to serve as a tutorial, when I get to the quote-unquote real game, let me play the real game. Yeah, don't do it again. Don't and sure as hell don't make me kill an enemy to be able to get a loot tutorial. That's the most absurd thing I've ever seen. In yeah, game.
2: the loot, the loot drop tutorials are odd, and I it's it. I don't think I saw half of them on my first playthrough. Like a lot of this seemed entirely new to me.
1: Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's a little funky. But Sorry, a great on.
2: game.
0: Yeah, it's, it's super great. It's, it's super great. It just sucks. You know? Yeah, keep going, Alana. <laughs>
2: Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna use you to frame the whole episode. <laughs> we'll have you slowly work out your first impression, and we'll use just tangents off of that for the whole episode. How's that sound?
3: Sounds good. <laughs> I'll go with that. Well, actually, something we didn't mention with the prologue that goes on to like more of the main game, as you say, like the quote unquote thing. The setting—it doesn't just set up the characters; it sets up a really interesting world. So you start off in what looks like a death look. Modern day city, and it's um, supposed to be summer, isn't it? And it's snowing,
1: Mm
3: -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're thrust—it's about one thousand three hundred years forward, and then it looks like your typical RPG desert town, beach town
1: kind of fantasy.
3: Yeah, Yeah. faux fantasy area, and I really like that. Like I really like the world that Nier's got and Nier presents, and I love the library in the middle of your village that's just like it stands as a relic to this old world that's modern and stuff and And it seems uh, to be
1: the only place of knowledge Mm -hmm. and they still can't translate most of those books they're just there yeah
2: yeah that lends itself to a really interesting thing about near too is that like that world is post-apocalyptic and it's it's heading towards another apocalypse like there's a flag running around and and like your your daughter is sick and dying and that's the kind of the main impetus for your quest is just to save her. And I don't know, I feel like it's, it's a really interesting yeah, like like you said, a really interesting setup.
3: Yeah. Like I love when the first time you go to oh like Sea Towns? Sea Town?
1: Uh, uh it, Seaworth or whatever. Seaforth, yeah, something like that.
3: The Sea Town or wherever yes. it is, but the beach. When you're standing on the beach and there's it's either old railway tracks or like motorway there mm-hmm. in the middle of the ocean it's really it's just a really good snapshot yeah. of the world and,
2: like, and... The, in the main overworld is like the, the the landmarks that are like overhead are like a bro- it's like a broken bridge like that's really cool
3: that's right, going to the junkyard yeah mm-hmm. as well, yeah, but now like the world and the near is really really interesting, and I really really. As I'm, I'm about halfway through it, so like, as I'm exploring through it, I'm really intrigued to find out like, what happens. Why is it like this? Why mm-hmm. is everything so primitive?
2: I'm, I'm going to be so fascinated to hear your guys' reaction to the ending. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's definitely Endings, an element of uh, plural. mystique to it that, that mm-hmm. is very interesting. And Even with the problem, I, I bag on it, but it definitely adds to there's, there really is a what-the-hell moment. When you, cause it's like, I'm in this terrible place. There's buildings. Now I'm in the, like, how did this all happen? Like, there, everything around it is like this kind of mystery and you're slowly trying to solve it. And then like we were talking about with the books. You're like, well, what, there was two books. Was it one book? Did that book move? Like, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there is two books. Well, how do they see both books? And it, mm-hmm. it just slowly unravels. But while unraveling, there's still just so many more questions that are just being left unanswered. And then you do have this, this very interesting world to walk through.
1: Yeah. yeah, And the only thread we have are our two main characters and this thing called the Books and the Black Scroll. That's it. Oh, Shades, I guess.
2: Excuse me. His name is Grimoire
0: Vice. And you address exactly. him by his full
1: Full title. and proper title, yeah. The Necessities.
0: <laughs> the, the precursor to Mr. Drippy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not as good as Lord High Lord of the Fairies, though.
0: Oh, it, it, it was a couple of years before it, so we'll cut them six
1: <laughs> And Now
2: I want a crossover game between Nier and Nino Coney. Uh, okay. right, oh,
1: wow.
0: I, I, I'm just happy there's another Nino Coney. Can we just leave it at that? <laughs> I, I hope
2: it's better than the first one.
1: <sighs> right, we're not doing this again. We're not doing yeah, this, we're again. Not right. this again. So, Nier. Nier. Right. Nier. We talk about the world, I, I think it is, because we also have this in our notes, but, so how about those outfits in that futuristic oh, world?
0: I cringe <laughs> so hard when I saw Kane. That's that's how her name's pronounced, right? Kaine. Okay, sure.
2: Okay, now here's the, weir- the weird thing about Kaine is, is that, wearing? like, when,
0: no, a no, Before we move on to anything else, what is she wearing? Like
3: a negligee.
2: Like and, a nightgown.
0: yeah, yeah.
3: It's like half a nightgown, isn't it? And then like a pair of pants. It's no, just, it's, it's, I, it's not
0: it's, a pair of pants. It's, no, no, it's half exactly. a pair of pants. Okay. At, at most, yeah, so it's we, half a pair of pants. We're being nice. So the, the weird thing about about Kine,
2: and this is this is like, is when they first announced the game, her, she was like one of the biggest talking points about this game because, like, and, they, the, and this was a thing. This was a pre-release thing, so I'm not really treating it as a spoiler because she's a hermaphrodite.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. So, completely forgot about that. Th- the fact that she
2: actually is one of the more well-written oh. characters in the game, and she actually is really interesting. And and in the when you replay the game after a uh, new game plus, you get some more backstory on her, um, which is really really quite poignant. <laughs> But, like, I think she's a really interesting character, but, yeah, but from a pure design standpoint, you look at that outfit, and it's like, is this just designed for sex appeal, or, like, what are you doing? And well, it's a good thing there's more to that character than that, because otherwise I would be totally with you. That is, like, what the hell? And,
0: that, and that's the most disappointing part, is you, we live in a very different era than Twilight. And expectations of both male and female roles, and just what's appropriate or considered appropriate, or just not considered lazy. Um, But from the beginning, she's very fascinating, because at first, is she a shade? Like, is she doing magic? Like, why is she upset? She's the voice from the... uh, I, I unfortunately, it took me, like... I, I talked about this on Twitter. I tried for about two weeks before I actually started the game, and the farthest I ever made it was turning it on, having the title screen.
2: And mm-hmm. she screams,
0: she's, a voice. she's the voice for that. So I've heard her voice a million times because that thing's always played in the background while I'm doing other things. Um, I was like, oh, she's important. This is awesome. And then I looked at her, I was like, oh, come on. But that's, I think the the most disappointing part is she she seems like a very interesting character. And it's it's obvious she's going to play a big role when you first meet her. And then to have it just, that is how she's going to look, which is fine, you can look like that. You do you. But I you expect more guess it's the best way to put
1: it. I think it's more to the point of it just unfortunately fits the the kind of stereotype of objectified character for the hell of it, not for any true reason. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a it like you said, it's not even about uh, a little bit of it. It's it's a different time, but even more so, it's just that it's just not necessary. Doesn't exactly, I think. Destroy the game in any way, but it's just like, eh. You, you could have. I understand that we're doing this whole thing where everyone's outfits look kind of tattered and, First, and piecemeal, tattered, but exactly. But that's the, that, that. was my follow up. It's like, but then in a weird way, you go from because there are other female NPCs that you'll see walking around that have as little on, but it's just it's it's more. To, it looks a little bit closer to how Nier's outfit is, yeah. Where it's. Just kind of, again, hodgepodge, where she is a very tailored character where it's clearly, you know, sexualized.
0: Yeah, and they do very, very sexual camera angles.
1: Yep. Yeah, they do. do. Yep, yep, yep.
0: That's the standard. Yeah. I I, I had completely forgotten about that, uh, the PR beforehand. And that's one of those things that's just been so long. But once you you said that, Peter, like, yeah, I I remember this whole thing. I remember people being upset.
2: And that's a, I think that's a big part of why the game didn't was did kind of middling critically is because I don't think anyone knew what to make of it of near, and because like the game itself is this hodgepodge of like you've got your Zelda overworld, you've got your God of War combat. There's a bunch of times in the game where it switches genres, kind of just to play around. The game. it turns into a text adventure at one point. Um, another point, it's a Resident Evil clone, and just yeah, it, and then you have the story, which is it, completely bonkers. It's Really good, and it come, it all, thematically, it's really interesting and all that. But it's it's
1: so weird. (laughs) Yeah, and then oh, sorry,
3: go ahead. Along, I think the first part of the game, the story is quite normal, actually. Like, I think Uh, well, like as you get towards the middle, it starts to change a little bit. Like, basically, the beginning of it is more like, I need to save my daughter. The talking book will help me save my daughter, but Mm. there's another talking book that I need to kill. They'll do something with, and then as you get nearer to that uh the middle bit it starts to get a bit weird like i think one of the most unusual bits for me was going into the facade the desert city Mm -hmm. yeah and all the strange desert men i really like facade but oh okay i'll talk about that in a minute talking about world designs i'll go back to that in a minute um but it's just the i do really like the plot actually and i mean it's really good it's really simple but it likes to drip feed you things, which is really nice, but it doesn't overwhelm you at any one time. So mm-hmm. the first time you go to the junkyard, you get, okay, maybe Um every time that you go into a new area, you get like a diary entry from your daughter, Yona. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the first time you're going towards the junkyard, you get the first time you get, instead of it being white, you get a black book with something dated from like 2004 or 2005 or something like that. And it's just a kind of like, What's this? It's like you've. It's really interesting, but it drip feeds it, so you get a bit more later on, and it gets really, really fascinating. Like, you know, there's something about 2005 or whenever it was. um,
1: Yeah, or 2045 or whatever that year was.
3: Yeah, there's one for 2045 as well, isn't there? Um, Mm -hmm. And it never like overwhelms you with the bamboozledness of everything. It's quite good at. Uh, mediating it so although it's all crazy and zany like it's easy to digest
1: yeah they keep it on the back burner and they and they incentivize the exploration and the and doing side quests and all the rest of it and that will give you little bits of, of information about the characters you're meeting like popola and Devola and all the rest of it and but it's to your point alana it's at your own pace you engage with it bit by bit and then the game also gives it to you with in these little pieces and lets you kind of start putting things together on your own which is great yeah for sure i
0: yeah, I'm not, no, like... i don't know why the journal ent- entries made me very nervous though i <laughs> i have <laughs> no, it's, yeah it's famously not SS- on I this the podcast talked about how much i hate lost odyssey and so i saw the okay. entries so i was like oh no oh, <laughs> <yeah>. Speaking of a <laughs> conversation we're not going to bring up again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. So I thought I was like, no, come on. This 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 has, this game has to have some redeeming okay. quality. Come on now
2: now now, now Josh. <laughs> I will say that some of the 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 Forest of Dreams sections are is the part where it turns text based briefly is very similar to Lost Odyssey in that it is a lot of poetic prose at times. But I think those sequences, I think you'll like them a bit more because a they're interactive. Um there is a, and there's a, a certain amount of fourth wall breaking humor they use in a lot of them. And and two, at the same time, they're more plot relevant. Like as in like the game's ties to Dragon Guard, the only time it's ever explicitly stated is in one of those sections.
0: Yeah, I I'm more interested in that than I am just reading a diary entry, so that's that should be fine.
3: Those text based adventures were really good. They're like um your um own... Do your own adventure books. I really like yeah. those bits in um near. But they, I tell you what, I did die. I died too. I, was, I was really surprised. I was reading along, and I was just like, oh, my way through and then all of a sudden I died and I was like, wait. Yeah, they weren't
2: they weren't kidding when they said that you had to you had to get out of that like floating capsule in time. You don't have time to you have to remember where you're going.
3: Yeah, I figured that out after I died like three times. Like, oh. Yeah,
1: right. Slowly like piecing way- it together. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that that part that part's pretty crazy, and then, then and, and you go back there um during the second half, and there's more like um little stories that they tell, which I think is is a lot of fun but
0: I think, and that, I think that type of device to tell a story is fine it's it's when i mean we, we've gotten to the point i mean Bioshock made diaries famous that they can read to you while you're actually playing. And so to have somebody stop and just actively read, for the a majority of the time, I think is a waste of how you're interacting with the game. I think there's better ways you can give that story out to the character, or the player. But at least with this, where it is interacting, there is choice, there is a gameplay element to it, there's a a motivation with the gameplay. I I think that makes it completely fine.
2: So, in the Japanese version of Nier 2, this is, this is something interesting, is that there are two versions in japan What called replicant and gestalt and replicant was ps3 exclusive gestalt was 360 exclusive yes um gestalt is the one we got that had old man near and his daughter and but in the other version he it's um like young near and he's trying to save his sister and uh. There was, that was another part of the controversy that was surrounding this game, because I think there was some impression that we were, we were getting gypped, like they had somehow designed old man Nier's game to appeal more to Western audiences, whereas, yeah. um, and, and it changes the relationship uh, between uh, Yonah and, and Nier, and um also the relationship with Kaine, because when you have a young male character versus kind of an older one.
1: It becomes more of a romantic relationship instead of friends.
2: Yeah, which is, which is
1: weird and, but honestly, cause honestly, I feel like the
2: version we got is the better of the two. Like, cause we, and like, and this is just my own personal opinion. I like the father daughter relationship. I think it provides a really good in, um, emotional impetus to continue on with this story. It's what drives the main character's quest, um, consistently. It, it plays into a major theme of the story. And honestly, I don't feel like. I feel like the, a brother-sister relationship would not be as effective.
0: I feel really like, bad for your sisters. So you have sisters, plural, right?
2: I, have, I know I have
0: one. Sister, oh, you're have you one. basically just amazed that you'd go on a grand quest for your eventual child, but you would never for your sister. If my sister can handle herself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're just like, she's going to take you're, care of me, dammit. I don't care
0: she's that, she's that, that you have that that some black me. scroll Sorry. disease crawling across your skin. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> we're, we're siblings.
1: It's not how this yeah. this I care for you thing works.
0: If you're listening to this, Julia, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I get you were saying there, there's there's a there's a protective element when you have a, a child. Yeah, I, I do think I think at its core, a person's willing to do more or less anything for, for their child. to yeah to to make sure that their child's safe or okay. Um so I agree. I think it, it it serves as a much better driving force to, to propel you through the story. Definitely when you think of how long they've possibly been going through this with when you think of the time skip, it's like, well, I've been at this for a while. At some point you're like, you know what, sis? I'm sorry, I'm tired. I gotta go I gotta go do something else. Um yeah. But also why isn't that little girl grown up? I I
1: can't tell, I can't
0: talk about that.
1: I... Why isn't but why would she be grown up just because of the timeskip? time skip of like a thousand years, because it's probably because, a because, reincarnation
0: thing, Josh.
1: Because because plot,
0: Josh? The only thing I can think <laughs> of is that like they both sold their souls to the books, and so they're stuck like that forever, forever.
1: But I will—I mean that's I w- possible. I,
2: I will say that that I'm also glad it's not a brother sister relationship because after Dragon Guard One, I don't trust Yoko Taro with siblings. Ah. <laughs> <But it's>, uh, <laughs> That was, okay. Ham- that was some that was some Hamlet and Ophelia stuff going on there.
3: Oh
1: God! Yeah. So <laughs> that <laughs> uh, was I loved that because that was such a uh, a hyper specific uh, detail that like ten people who are going to listen to be like I got it,
0: yeah, I understand. <laughs> so, exactly, uh, totally went over my head. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although
2: Guard, Drakengar- Guard 1 also had a uh, cannibalistic child molester in it, so. Wow. Yeah. Only up from.
0: Drakengard that. 1 is messed up.
3: So Nier's pretty yeah. tight, then.
1: Yeah, exactly. Imperatively,
0: compar- Nier is like. Yeah. Win, big win. yeah, originally when Alana said, hey, the beginning of Nier, it's pretty normal, and I was like. Mm, there's talking books. This is not normal. If this is normal, you <laughs> we, we have to talk off the Look, podcast. Right. But now it's even card one, it's like, yeah, this is this by, is alright.
2: By Yakotaro Yako, standards, this is normal. <laughs>
0: it
1: is the simplest it could be. Okay.
0: Um, so getting back to Nier, I I think uh we we kinda talked about a little bit of the combat, a little bit of the prologue, and like the world. Um uh, we haven't really talked about what we're doing in it though. Um and one of the things that I found at least disappointing with the beginning and kind of the whole—it seems like the framework of most of the game—is it's a glorified fetch quest. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. And a lot of the side quests are just variations. Um, there's the a lot same of, fetch quest.
2: There's a lot of backtracking to the same areas to do to run errands for people if you decide mm-hmm. to do the side quests.
0: And so, I mean, the classic one for this is always—I always think of Mass Effect Two. And I I love that game but yeah. the world's supposed to be ending and all of a sudden it's like, "Yo, Jack, let's go. Let's go do this uh loyalty quest for you." Um instead I mean, of it's like finishing the game. Um kind of an R- It's kind of an RPG
2: trope though. I mean,
0: yeah. meteors
2: hanging in the sky, let's go to the gold saucer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just it seemed kind of weird cuz like there there is that my my daughter's dying possibly, you know? And so it seems more important than like hey, let's go get a fish. At least the fish is supposed but, to protect her. But, now like... to,
3: but to
2: to be fair though, I do I do like kind of how they frame it because the idea is that Nier's, like the village handyman and he's trying to earn money to to care to for, pay for Yona. Yeah,
1: her and his life, yeah. yeah.
2: So yeah. it kind of adds a little bit of context to those side quests. Like it's not it's not like one hundred percent like locked down. But it kind of makes more sense as to why he'd be doing odd jobs than your typical like, RPG protagonist. I,
1: totally. I, I absolutely but there's agree. only so many times I want to get 10 mutton.
2: Yeah. Oh, I I. I there's a trophy killing sheep.
0: <laughs> I agree until <laughs> you find out that there's a dark book. And I feel like, as a parent, at that point, you're like, you know what? Screw you guys. Screw your sheep. I'm going on a quest to kill this book. Yeah, but I want to get into a well. Fallout
1: Four paradox of like, you want to get your son. It's a lot of things to do.
0: Yeah,
3: I guess Nia feels like a um a duty to the village. So doesn't he? Because doesn't he say that I don't want to leave everybody? And then Popola's like, no, no, you need to do what you need to do. And yeah. then he's take like, care of yourself.
0: Stop worrying about everyone else. He's almost like yeah. a Goodwill case. It seems like where he's he's kind of yeah. taking the charity of the. The town, yeah. and so he feels like he has to return it by doing these actions.
1: Yeah, That's why he feels obligated to help that old woman, even though the book early on is just like Weiss is just telling him leave, leave the oh, crazy. Le- oh, you mean the lighthouse? Lady. The lighthouse? lighthouse, lighthouse lady. Lady. Yeah.
2: That that quest is great. It really
3: that is. That's a very good quest. What did everyone pick to do? If everyone I, had
2: done it, I chose not. I chose not to tell her. Yeah,
3: I, yeah, chose, not I her. chose not to tell. her. I chose
2: not to tell her. Give her something.
3: Oh, we're all really good people. I think, I think if you, I think
2: if now, I think though, if you do tell her, she accepts it and tells you not to tell anyone that she knows. I think just to keep it. Yeah. Now,
1: how to about with the, the? Now, how about with the kids in the junkyard? Did you or at the heap? Did you tell? Oh, Jacob? I told
2: them. Like, I told them the truth. Yeah, in I did too. that situation. I
1: did the truth. Yeah. So I was curious. Do you lie in both situations? Apparently, none of us did. That.
2: that the uh, that junkyard sequence it becomes completely nightmarish. Getting I'm sorry, I keep getting ahead on this game. There's a lot of <laughs> stuff that I'm like remembering having done. Like it's been like four years since
1: I last played this game. But it's coming so to right. you in flashes. It's like, and I'm just like junkyard so Oh god, the I junkyard. See. No. That is like the most nightmare fuelish scene in like the whole
2: game. <laughs> oh no.
3: Oh god, <laughs> I'm just coming up to that bit. In the
2: in the on the second half?
3: Yeah, on the second yeah,
2: half. Uh yeah. I'm, I'm oh, sorry. Great. Get excited. Uh, get excited. I'm no, wait. Yeah. Be excited. Every time we get to the podcast, you're be like, what were you talking about? It wasn't that bad. And I'm just like... Mm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah, on the issue of side quests, like, yeah, there's... And travel. Like, it takes forever mm-hmm. to go I everywhere. Yeah.
2: It, no, it helps that the world is not very big. Like, it is a very... Con- these are very condensed zones.
1: They seem yeah. bigger yes.
2: than they actually are.
1: But it's very yeah. bland and very open.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. very. But like yeah. That central,
2: is, yeah. The central overworld is just... I was just say, that central overworld is just a green field with sheep.
3: Yeah.
2: And, like, that takes twice as long to cross as it should. Unless you... Until you tame the, the boar, which you can tame a boar and ride around on that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't solve all your problems.
1: But even then, it's still not the cleanest way of getting around. It's definitely faster.
2: Yeah, no, because the boar is like really hard to steer, and it will crash into things.
1: Not Pretty much, often. you have a slight variance of straight at a very high speed, and then otherwise it's a trot. Although I found out that you could drift on the boar like a <laughs> racing game, and that you was drift really drift funny. The,
3: you can drift when, on the bull. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. It button. is
1: Tokyo boar Drift.
0: And oh, it's I was beautiful. gonna about to make that joke. Come on, Chris.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Damn <laughs> it!
2: Fast <laughs> 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 in the Furious. Near. Uh...
0: Fast and oh, that laborious.
1: Oh, that was actually okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so I agree with kind of moving around. Uh, but I enjoyed that whenever you move to a new area, that you don't have a map for that area, and I liked that it doesn't fill in by moving around. You actually have to actually find a map.
1: Yeah, or oh, just wander around aimlessly. Yeah, I,
0: I I think it's. For gameplay, terrible because it's frustrating because you just want to pull up your. But it's and be like, where I'm supposed to go. <laughs> Do you but have yeah, no idea where you are. It, it was one of those odd twists to kind of adding realism to a game because usually it's any type of realism you add to a game is usually worse for the player. But it was one of those just, like little things. It's like oh, that's I, I kind of I enjoyed that. But yeah, <laughs> it sucks because I was really happy about it that I finally got to. Uh, it was when I first got to Airy. Is that how we're pronouncing that place? Mm-hmm.
3: I think so, the area. The and area.
0: And I was like, "Well, this is confusing. There's just stairs and or uh, ladders and these l- huge bridges. Let's pull up this map. That'll make it so much easier." And I was like, "Oh, that's right. Oh, I was uh, so happy about this an hour ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like a good <laughs> idea.
0: Yeah, but over overall, <laughs> I actually thought that was a it was a nice kind of twist to it. Makes moving people. around slowly not so terrible or extra terrible because oh. you don't know where you're going." You have no idea where you're going. <laughs> Catch 22 <laughs> on that one.
1: Yeah. And the X yeah. on the map will look like you have to go north, and it turns out you have to go east to get to north, or something <sighs> random like Every one X of those
0: is there's <laughs> a direction, and at the last second, it has this cur- small curve in one direction that you have to make it in a direction that's not the X to be able to get to it, every time. Mm-hmm. Every single entrance and exit, it doesn't line up with where you're supposed to yeah. be on. <sighs> <laughs> that's because they s- care i take back my map comment screw this game
3: i
2: will say that that near kind of makes up for its, its budget issues because it's a pretty low budget game for a for a mid mid last gen game it's it like compared to what came out that year if you look at like ff13 it's it is obviously, but, like, re- even Resonance or White Knight Chronicles both probably looked way better than Near does, but it makes up for, it makes up for it with some pretty creative, like, area design, like, the area is a weird labyrinth of, like, you know, ladders and stairs and this one side scrolly bit, and then, like, and our art direction, too, is something yeah. that came up really well. It, yeah. it, it makes up for it, the, the fact that they didn't have a lot of money to throw at it. That's
0: what I was going to say, it's art direction, but even more so than that, it- the the game kinda bleeds of character. Yes. Yeah, definitely.
1: It is a sum of its parts games. A game. Mm, because, I hate that uh, phrase. But it but it's true because again, <laughs> I think I it really think combat, Yeah, you know, we were talking earlier about how, you know, the sequel is gonna is being handled by platinum. And it's really hard, at least for me, and I'm a I'm a big Devil May Cry fan and certain other stylish action games. I just the whole time I want it to be cleaner. Yes. I want the square on the comboing off of square to be a little bit quicker there's enough of a hitch at the end of a combo before being able to layer mm-hmm. to start over again it a lot of the elements of this game and there's so many whether it be the shifting perspective from 3D to 2D you know mm-hmm. it's this game doesn't do any of those uh, individual characteristics better than other titles it's okay to good at a lot of these different things, and that's why I say it's a sum of its parts, because it has a lot of ideas. This is a game that is packed with ideas, and they just don't all land. So, but I love the fact that it tried, and I, to your comment about character, it gives it so much personality that it's doing all these different things and trying to manipulate and shift uh, how you, the, the player, see everything and approach the gameplay itself.
0: I love. So, so you brought up some of all parts and kind of doesn't all come together but brilliant ideas. Would you then make the argument that this game was very forward-thinking kind of ahead of its time or would you say I think that. that's
1: I think that's why it still has a following and why people still talk about this game whether if it's just through its soundtrack or you go to you know, undiscovered gems or cult hits and this is one of those games with you know vanquish and others where people say not enough people <laughs> played it go back and play it oh, yeah, people didn't play vanquish
0: i just i just love that that was your call it was for vanquish
1: oh that's that's uh that's an underselling sh- everyone should have played game from the last generation yeah. so, vanquish is awesome
0: i so first of all just ahead of his time i i think the natural sequel to this and i'm interested to see what people think of this um I think the spiritual successor to this is Kingdoms Ar- uh, Amalur. Mm. I feel mm. like you take that open world kind of RPG-ness, that k- combat style, and you put it in a fuller world.
1: With yeah, but more... one one's a Western RPG in terms of it's trying to do more of Elder Scrolls but with fun combat. Yeah, plus... But... Mm-hmm. That was it kind of is, my I'm...
0: natural... That's what I felt like it was the next step.
1: Interesting. I mean, uh, yeah, I see. I see a lot of for different pieces of this game. I see different stuff. Like I said before, in terms of shifting between three D and two D, I I kept thinking of El Shaddai. Uh, yeah. But when it comes to, I mean, I guess yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with Amalur and and how its quest system works, it's, yeah. it's a lot of the same kind of fetch stuff. For of me. Just give me ten of this item. But for
2: me it kinda of, kinda of reminds me of um of I and I made this for Terranigma is for different reasons, but Dark Cloud, the first one. Because Dark Cloud One and especially when you can com- when you compare it to New Two coming out, um Dark Cloud Two is, by and large, I think considered the good one. But yes. Dark Cloud One is a really interesting game where it doesn't do anything individually all that great. Like but translations rough yeah, translations rough, it looks rough, it plays rough. It's like but it but when you play it all together it's just like this is kind of fun and 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 interesting and I think that's neat, that's what Nier reminds me of where it's like it doesn't do anything individually great except
1: music and and story. But yeah, it, but um
3: yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I like but it,
1: it. keeps you interested the whole way through. Yeah,
2: with its game its gameplay is this amalgam it's this really kind of just interesting amalgamation
0: yeah word of the day yeah amalgamation yes we have Good. definitely <laughs> um yeah i, I think uh near strikes me for two regards, one, I'm excited to see what they could do with a bigger budget, more time, a bigger team, first of all, mm-hmm. but my second one is, and this is more melancholy, i guess the way to look at it. I'm sad that we've moved into the generation of an xbox one p s four where we we've lost this middle tier of games, mm-hmm. Where we used to have yeah. all the indies, like, this is definitely a middle tier. This is not a AAA title, and then you had the A. Like, this is where, um, I'm blanking on all the studios that closed, but every studio that closed in the last, like, six years because they couldn't handle, like, the big switch over, like, this, a THQ game. Perfect. In- example. Inclu-
2: including yeah. this developer. The yeah. Developer of Nier.
0: Caveat. Yeah. Oh, Caveat. Yeah. Done. I mean, you look at these titles, it, like, whatever you want to say like i can complain about the combat not being good as the x game or whatever or, or the yeah, graphics sure. don't look as good as this and you bring up that some of the parts the brilliant thing about that that era was it was so easy to i'm mean, going to it sounds it wasn't that easy but it was so easy to make a game and that everybody was able to come in and then you had this just like massive amounts of creativity that was brought to video games and well you, yeah you like we you we have completely to- lost that now
1: yeah, you have the last elements of, because this was 2010, so it's only a few years into that console cycle of, oh, well, PS3 and Xbox 360 together. It's, what, three, four years in at that point? And you're still going from the PS2 era of things are more affordable, so you can kind of play around with wacky ideas, just like you could on PlayStation 1 and, and Xbox and uh, GameCube. You could do weird games in that previous generation because it didn't exactly cost wrath of god money to just make a standard release and then you're beginning to have like the enslaved games we were talking about earlier those mid-tier don't need to sell 10 million copies or 5 million copies to become a huge hit slowly get phased out because you need to make the money you can't take the risk and now you get like near automatic. I'm excited for, but I think it's actually going to be a lot smaller. I don't think it's going to be a, a big game. I think it's going to be a little bit more arena combat.
0: I, so, you know,
1: zone to zone, stylish action. And it's going to oversimplify and focus on the combat. And I, I, I'm, I'm excited for it, but I think it's going to be a lot different than what we're playing through right now.
0: I'm going to be that guy and call officially right now that the next near is going to be a massive disappointment
1: probably um especially cuz platinum's last 3 kind yes. of smaller games have not been good
0: and that's i love yeah. some of platinum's games but they have not had a very good track record as they've taken on more projects yeah, and the they've worked on this is p- awful. yeah why they've worked on this project they've pumped out a bunch of crap yeah so it makes me People very nervous the, the-, the level of polish that they're putting into this and i'm still hopeful um, you can say whatever you want about too. this near this this was this was a passion project, and mm-hmm. you can tell that yeah, this meant definitely. a lot to the group. And they did the best they could with what they had. And while the reason it drips with character is because they it meant so They're much. Trying to them. yes, absolutely. Yeah, you you can feel mm-hmm. the
1: effort on this game.
0: And I, I think that's going to be absolutely missed. So a majority of the reasons of why people liked this are going to be gone.
1: But they have the same composers. So good soundtrack.
0: Hey, there we go. But they
1: they don't
2: have the same they don't have the same lyricist, which is a little a bit of a bummer because she's
1: well
0: can't have everything, (laughs) Peter. Apparently, apparently, (laughs) even
1: (laughs) when I get optimistic, I gotta get get shot down.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm slowly corrupting Peter so that he looks at everything terribly. (laughs) Just just, uh, there are things I could complain about.
2: Right now, but I was they, for Dragon Guard Three. They got Keiichi Okabe, the composer, and Emmy um, Evans back, so that soundtrack is really good. It's, and it's really different from Nier's, too. So, so, just total aside. Dragon Guard Three is speaking of weird. That, that game is weird. That game oh, is. That game is like. The, like it's not, the, it's not the. It's not the. It's not the tamest of the Dragon Guard games by any stretch, but it's yeah.
1: still probably. A little bit easier than the cannibalizing uh, it child. Does.
2: It doesn't have it doesn't have it doesn't have that, um, and it's not as boring as Dragon Guard Two is. So it's kind of this weird middle ground. Nice. And you can and you can download them um, kind of costume DLC and dress the main character of Dragon Guard Two like Dragon Guard Three. I mean, perfect. I
1: love that yeah. kind of useless throw in. Uh, and it a, is a pre-order this. from GameStop. No, it's uh, it's, uh
0: it's, it's, like, <laughs> download, and it oh, changes. It's, it changes
2: two ninety nine, something like that. I don't know. It add it adds her like kind of musical track in there. You can also have a mule's head on the dragon. Really?
1: <laughs> wow, <Yeah>. wow. <laughs> that's horrifying and kind of hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. <laughs> Some weird Falcor situation. So how about with the boss battles with those uh, wonderful it, you got to destroy the circle in a s- that, amount of time
2: that, I, I or hate that all health comes back. I hate that mechanic and so, I really like him.
0: I hate that. mechanic. But I'm going to sum up my feelings of this very concisely. At first, I couldn't beat the prologue because I thought you had to do something special with those circles. So <laughs> I would get the circle every time and I felt like I had to do some sort of crazy magic to get into the circle.
1: And you missed it in some tutorial, and you were trying to figure it out.
0: And so it took me the longest time, and I finally got mad, and I was just mashing buttons. I was like, "Oh, I win! Okay." And then um, when I fought whatever that dragonish thing when you first meet Kaine, mm-hmm. every yeah, single well, time dude, yeah. her the the right foot, like we would get the little circle thing, and then
1: it would walk up the
0: the yep. hill. Or would, yeah, it had to, to south, have happened yeah. eight, yeah. nine, ten times. Yeah, that happens a lot to me. And so finally, I was yeah, like, I, all right, well, heck, I should get to a certain point, and I just stopped trying in the fight. Like, I wouldn't do anything. And then eventually, kind of would kind of get it to work, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm standing right here. Yeah, That's I just, how I beat it. I,
2: dark dark Lance, of the magic, all the magic spells that so you learn in this game, Dark Lance, like, which is one of the first ones you get, is the it's one crucial. that saves It it's It stays fun. useful for most of the game.
3: Yeah, it's very <laughs> good. It's. For that boss battle in particular, where the lizard, I think it's a lizard kind of thing, it's yeah, really good yeah. for that. And for the one in the desert temple, is it the desert temple yeah. where it's the the cubes? Yeah, they're really it's really useful. Yes.
1: And the one in your village actually. All and the battles, all of them. yeah, that boss too. All of them, yeah, pretty much every battle, it's it's what I use.
2: It's weird too because a lot of the spells are not that good. Like there's a couple of them like that I like, like but most of them you do not like. The dark lance is the only one that's like critical.
1: Yeah, I go dark glance yeah. in hand.
2: Like does anyone use the one that absorbs magic? No. Is that ever useful? Like no, that's what I thought.
1: <laughs> and I'm sure there's some example that if you looked online where someone would explain why it is the most useful thing, but uh, I don't I just don't see why you would need it. Worst case scenario, you just back off, wait, and then use dark glance again.
0: Mm-hmm. Roll roll everywhere. Yeah, roll, roll everywhere. It solves exactly. every oh. problem. <laughs> Agreed. It really does. does. Roll, like, roll around.
2: Stop, drop and roll.
0: If you can't roll, you double jump. <laughs> yeah, if I could okay. double jump and roll in the air, I, it'd be perfect.
1: If, if only drop, you okay, could jump top. and actually yeah, do maybe. action moves in the air.
0: Yeah, that'd be nice. I,
2: this, this screwed me up the first time I played it, and I forgot about it again this time. But I forget that you could double jump, so that first block pushing puzzle <laughs> so annoyed yeah. the hell out of me. <laughs> but because you have to. Full jump on the ledge, and I didn't didn't realize
0: you did full jump. Mine was worse because it was traveling to that location, and you had to turn to the side, like, side-scroller, and you get to that first jump, and you have to double jump across that. I think I fell in the Um, pit, like, seven times.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. I was like, what
0: is wrong with this game? I'm timing it perfectly. And you jump, and you bounce off the edge, and I'm like, oh, come on.
2: When in doubt, Google it, and the first thing that comes up
0: is double jump. you. No. And I was just like. <laughs> when, yeah. when in doubt, get angry at mash buttons, and you'd accidentally double jump over it.
1: See, the problem with the mashing buttons technique is I tried that for fishing, and it didn't work, and then but, I finally understood oh, the fishing. timing on fishing. Fishing, it doesn't end. matter,
0: because eventually they just give you the fish.
1: Yeah, it's true. Just go buy it.
0: <laughs> it's like, we're sorry, <laughs> then you're, you're an need- idiot. Here's a fish.
2: But if you want to do side, if you want to do the side quests that require fishing, then oh man, you are in for a world of not fun.
0: Yeah, I've, I finally figured out
1: the, the timing of it, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it that annoyed it's, that annoyed me to no end that you basically really have hard. to go X then pull back. If you pull back it's at really the fr- same time as you hit X, you just automatically lose the fish. Uh, and it's crazy. really hard to
2: see that when you're rot when the the fishing rod is bending, because yeah, like, it's always
1: shiny and sunny and happy. And, it, yeah.
2: And if it's be- if if you're behind it, it's yeah. such a thin line that it kind of like blurs out of existence, so you can't even see it. So it's you have nice to kind of nice position the camera out. weirdly, yeah. which throws off your controls. Yeah. Yeah. That mini game is a, just horribly designed.
1: Just a joy, just a joy to catch a sardine.
2: But at the same, it's a, at the same time, it's kind of I feel like it's kind of a throwback to old game design where you had that like grab bag of weird mini games that just were like. This functionally yeah. serves no real
1: purpose, but it's
0: there. It's very Japanese.
1: And let's be honest, it's exactly, it's a Japanese RPG, you need fishing. Yeah. You, you need to fish. Yeah. At some point.
0: Yeah. You can just give I you think a fish, there's a law. it's better to just teach you how to fish. It's like, it's like by law in the
1: constitution of
0: game design. They got a tax break back in the day.
1: Yeah, exactly. Every time you include <laughs> a mini, <laughs> mini game with fishing.
0: Are you, you training can. the populace on how to fish? Okay, tax break. <laughs> tax break. You turn them into usable members of society.
1: Thank you, games. You have done something this day.
0: When they eventually get off their couch, the first thing they'll do is go to the ocean Just and catch fish.
1: Because <laughs> when they need fresh air, the ocean is where they'll head.
0: That's always the go-to, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that alternate universe where there are tax breaks for mini games exist in a video game. <laughs> so, so MMOs are... That's why they can just keep existing because yep. they're teaching everyone different jobs.
0: At this point, the government's paying them.
1: Yeah, that's really why Final Fantasy 14 is such a success.
0: Yeah,
1: well, all a while,
0: though. I mean, it's it's not really that big of a deal. did
1: take a while. Yeah, it
0: did.
3: Yeah, uh,
1: just trying to get those tax breaks.
0: Yeah, all about those tax breaks.
3: All about
1: those tax breaks.
0: Um, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> that wonderful <laughs> note. I I think that's gonna do it for
1: us. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God>. yeah. <laughs> and it's strange I like it. Realistically, we're going there
0: now that we've all brainwashed you. Please, after you've reviewed us on iTunes and give us that five-star review, please leave your like house it. and go fish. While oh, okay. fishing, please restart the podcast again. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, exactly.
1: Maybe um, play near.
0: Um, yeah. You. Sh- yeah. I think they, they should it should be all fishing. We There's just all... agreed on this. They multitasking, Josh. That's a lot of work.
3: On fish.
0: You bring a TV and a portable generator out onto your boat. And then you just drop the generator in the water and all the fish die. You catch all of them.
3: Yeah.
0: Also, problem solved. solved. Boom. Done. Then we just got a tax break for teaching people how to fish.
1: Yeah. Thank Triple you, government. style. <laughs> but Please
0: in all honesty, this... <laughs> that is... That is going to do it for us here. <laughs> um. <laughs> small housekeeping. When we roll into next month, so for April. Um. We are going to be playing Through the World Ends With You. Loot. Actually, honestly, legitimately, any other word I could throw in the front there, uh, one of my favorite games of all time. I have three people that have never played it on that podcast with me. I'm very, very excited to brainwash all of them to agree that it's the best <laughs> game ever. But yeah, in the meantime, you guys can send your emails to retro at rpgfan.com. You can head over to the boards at rpgfan.com. And... Say whatever you think about this, or whatever you think about fish or tax breaks, and we will sadly read all of those and most likely respond. Most likely it will be Peter, because Peter's amazing. And then, like I said earlier, yeah. please go onto iTunes. Please give us a five star review. Please leave a comment. It makes a big deal. And it so that we'll find the uh, podcast. As always, thank you for listening. We'll be back shortly with the conclusion of. Bye.
1: Bye, friends. Bye.